ask you to go to Hebrews, the 13th chapter with me, uh, and we'll begin uh, at verse 15 down through 17. Tonight I want to talk about uh, something that I think is needed and needful in the church. Some things that I, I want to share just about spiritual authority and accountability. Um, you know, I think uh, as time goes by, sometimes we if we don't focus in on what scripture teaches us about our walk and what it teaches about our responsibility to the word and to the local church uh, uh, family that we are connected to, I think we, we will just do church life like we've always done church life without any sense of responsibility uh, that we may have toward the church and the universal church and the local church, which, which we are a part of. Um, and basically what I, what, I, what I sense as a pastor and as, as one who is looking and studying the trends in Christianity, there is a, a lack of respect and a lack of uh, submission to, to authority uh, to the local church and the universal church. In other words, we have people who are members of a church, but disregard the teachings of that church. Are y'all tracking with me? We have people sitting here every Sunday and every Wednesday, but don't do not feel the necessity, or do not even feel a, a sense of guilt or remorse when they don't walk in line with what is being taught, or when they refuse to adhere to the responsibilities that they committed themselves to. And I think that's a problem uh, when we uh, begin to nonchalantly do church. When we uh, have uh, no sense of uh, responsibility to represent our local church when we out in the community, when we out doing things. It's, it's, it's nothing for some, some members to just go and drink uh, it's something for no members that, you know, some members will you know, smoke, will they'll, 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 they'll gamble, and they have no sense of responsibility that that's not what I should be doing based on the covenant that I made with Jesus Christ and with the local church, Elizabeth Baptist Church, which I'm a member of. And there are some things that, that in the coming weeks I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to, I, because I want everybody to be crystal clear about what the expectations are. Are you following me? This, this, this liberal sort of, you know, I take the gospel when it's convenient for me and when it's not convenient for me, you know, I just kind of leave it at home and do my own thing. Uh, when I'm out and about with my boys, with my girls, you know, I, you know, we, you know we, we got girls night out and we go to the strip club and, and we, have, we throw back a few and that's okay because when it's Sunday morning, I'm going to be saying how great thou art. <laughs> I got news for you. God has a problem with that. Because if you belong to him, if you are a professed believer, then, then, then if you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, then you are not your own. The Bible says you've been bought. You and I both have been bought with a price. And it says, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belongs to God. So there has to be a decision that we make. I don't believe in a Christianity that's 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 uh, that's filled with uh, contradictions. 
Everybody can make a mistake. Anybody can mess up. But when we have people who profess Christ but have a lifestyle of living in direct opposition to the things that are taught in the Holy Scriptures, then we have a problem. So what I want to do tonight is kind of share with you, just kind of lay some foundational groundwork. And then what I'll be doing is talking about some things uh, in the coming weeks, hopefully, uh, that, that, that are needful for us to share so that we can have clear understanding about what the expectations are are from a biblical perspective and from a local ministry perspective from you as a born-again believer. Okay? Is that fair enough? Because when I know the expectation, when I know what's, 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 um, uh, what's expected of me and when I am joined to a local assembly, I should be responsible to that local assembly. It should not be that, well, you know, if I come, that's cool. I see you on Sunday, but don't, but pastor, don't, 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 don't get into the middle of my, my business at home. You know, if, if we have a, we throw a party and we want to smoke some weed, then that's us. Well, now as your pastor, I, you know, I have a responsibility to teach you truth. I know that I can't make a grown person do anything. And I'm not, I don't, I don't have sleepless night trying to run around and find out who's doing what. But there are times when God will send stuff my way about you all because he needs to preach to you all. And so he uses me to preach to you. Can I get a witness? So I want to lovingly, uh, in a God-honoring way, speak the truth in love and to encourage you to be a living witness for the Lord. Amen. And be willing to submit to spiritual authority and be accountable to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Is that, is that fair enough? Okay, so let's go to the text right quick. Uh, Hebrews, the, the 13th chapter, and let's look at verse number 15 right quick. Hebrews 13, verse number 15. Y'all know this is very familiar, but I caution you as each time we look at f familiar scripture, do not just gloss over it because when we look at it again, the Holy Spirit has a way of unpacking new truths and new revelation out of that scripture you read for the last 30 years. Amen. So the text says here in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse number 15 says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not for which such sacrifices, God is what? For which such sacrifices, God is well pleased. How many of y'all want to do stuff? That will make God well pleased. Anybody out there? Anybody is interested in making sure that your life pleases God? Uh, you know, a lot of times we try to please people and people who we're in relationship with, but we ought to be about pleasing God, amen, and making sure that our lives are, 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 are being a, a good representative of what he wants in the earth realm. So the text says this in verse 17. Watch what it says. Now, guys, let's read this. And, and I, I'm not in any kind of ego or power trip, but I just want to share with you what the word of God says very explicitly. Uh, it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as that as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Okay. I'm gonna read that to you from the new living translation, the very same passage. And I want y'all to hear it very carefully. It says from the NLT, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. All right. Now, I, I, let me park there because, again, when you first hear that and you hear in your spiritual leader read that, 
some people will have the tendency to think that the spiritual leader is reading that and he wants to emphasize that because he's the one who's the spiritual leader. No, I'm just, but when I read that, I'm reading that because that verse is just as important as any other verse in the Bible. Okay, so if the Bible is God's word, if it's our guide and our blueprint for living this Christian life, then, then every part of it I have to take seriously. I, I got, got news for you. Survey after survey tells us that, all, that, that probably anywhere from 60 to 65% of Christians in America don't believe that the Bible is God's inerrant word. They think it's a good book that gives you guidance, but it's not really the unadulterated word of God. We know from reading scripture, right, that, that, that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. Uh, and, 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 and he was, you know, we beheld his glory. Now, what that tells us is, is that the word and God are one and the same. The word and Jesus are one and the same. The word and the Holy Ghost are one and the same because we, we serve a triune God. God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And so if the word was in the beginning and wasn't anything made that was made without him, then, then we, we must respect the word if we truly have submitted our hearts to God. So when, I'm, when, when I teach as your pastor, I'm not teaching from an ego trip standpoint. I'm teaching from the standpoint of I believe and I pray that you believe this, that the Bible is God's word. And the word has the power to transform our lives. So if we're going to uh, uh, progress as individual Christians, if we're going to progress as a church, we have to be a church that's founded on the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, I, I refuse to just go with what's popular and water down what God's word says. I said this before I first became pastor here. If you all are willing to follow the word, then I'm willing to come lead. And the word has to be the guiding principle in our life. But he says this, now watch this. So when it says obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say, I want you to check out what I say. Robert, I don't want you to take it just because I say it. I want you to check it out in the scripture. I want you to dig for yourself to make sure that what I'm saying lines up with what God says. He says obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your soul. So if I have a responsibility to watch over your soul, then that means that God is going to hold me accountable for how I watch over your soul. All right? So if, if I know that you are hurting yourself, hurting your family, and I as your pastor don't preach uh, 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 the word of God as it relates to those things that you're doing that may be hurting your family, then, then shame on me. Okay? I, I cannot be worried about if it's going to hurt your feelings. Or if you're going to get upset with me. That, listen, I told you before, if you stay here as a member for longer than a year, I'm going to say something that's going to probably get up under your skin. I'm going to say it because it's in the word of God. So, 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 so we, we, we kind of got that love-hate relationship thing going. You know, you, you love me, but sometimes you may want to you know, hate on me a little bit because I'm speaking truth to you. Especially if you don't know how to receive truth the right Most people don't know how to receive truth the right way. Because most of us get mad when someone tells us about ourselves, don't we? We get upset. But what I would encourage you to do to, to learn how to become a mature believer, a mature believer learns how to receive, amen, word uh, of inspiration and also word of correction. 
All right. So my job is to is to teach you, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and watch this word. And they are accountable to whom? To God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. So you you all ought to be going home every day and say, I want to make sure my pastor ain't, 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 ain't pastoring in sorrow. I want to make sure that my pastor uh, is, is having joy because the Bible tells me that if, if it says give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow, because why? That would certainly not be for your benefit if I'm doing it out of sorrow. Is everybody checking, tracking with me? Okay. It would not be for your benefit. So let's look at your outline here. So we're talking about spiritual authority and accountability. Spiritual authority and accountability refers to the mutual responsibility. Everybody say mutual. That means it's joint. That means that both of us, all of us in here, uh, when we connect with each other as a local assembly, there are some responsibilities that we have to and for each other. Okay. So it refers to the mutual responsibility of Christians to lovingly exhort one another to faithfully conform to the rule of God in and through their lives so that he is glorified and his kingdom is promoted throughout the world. We want to make sure that God is glorified in everything that we do as a church. So my actions as an individual member of this church, whether you believe it or not, my actions and your actions uh, have impact on this church. Okay. If people know that you are a member of this church and you are out in the community doing things that are not uh, exemplary or glorifying God uh, in your actions, then that impacts this church. Because somebody's going to know that you go to EBC and then they may want to come to EBC, but when they see you cutting up, cussing people out or doing whatever you're doing, uh, 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 they're going to they're be somewhat resistant about coming here to this church because you represent this church. Do you understand that? And, and I, I can't tell you the number of times that, that people will tell you things about a certain ministry based on two or three folks who they know that ministry. Now, those two or three people may not be representative of the entire congregation. As a matter of fact, they, they normally are not. But when someone sees you, with your EBC, VBS shirt on and whatever shirt you got on that has our logo on it or whatever, when they see that, they're going to think EBC because ultimately, guys, you represent this church. All right? Is everybody with me? So uh, the, watch this part B. It says the general definition of accountability means to be answerable to someone based on prescribed guidelines or responsibility, to be answerable to someone, to be answerable. In other words, as a believer, I, 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 I must submit myself to, to some uh, authority or to be accountable to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I can't live any kind of way and expect to have kingdom impact, amen, in this earth realm. So you and me have to hold each other accountable. We are our brother's keeper, Okay. So let's, go, let's, let's look at some things from a biblical standpoint, biblical authority and accountability. Let's, let's let the word speak to us. Everybody say, let the word speak to me. Now turn over to Philippians, the second chapter, verse number five. Uh, first thing we need to understand is all members of the Trinity are equally God, yet there is a line of authority. All members of the Trinity are equally God, yet there is a line of authority. Let's see how God, even in, in himself, Amen. Lines up the 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 different uh, 
representations and reflections or the manifestation of himself. See, what we got to realize, understand, all of us in here are human beings. All of us are men and women. And so no man or woman is greater than any other man or woman from a, from a, uh, from a natural standpoint. Can I get a witness? But from an authority and responsibility standpoint, in the church, there is lines of authority. Okay? Are you following me? Anytime you have a group or an organization and there is no authority and there is no accountability, you're going to have chaos in that organization. When you have a home and there is no line of authority in the home, the children running the home and the parents scared, you're going to have chaos. Can I get a witness up in here? You're going to have some chaos. So God, even in himself, amen, amen, is reflected in authority. Watch what the text says in Philippians chapter number two. Uh, and let's begin our reading at verse number five. Philippians two, verse number five. Let me get there right quick while I'm telling you, you all to be there. OK, Philippians two, verse number five. The text says this. Uh, you must have. The same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now watch this. Watch this. You must have the same attitude. Who's talking in this text, y'all? Come on, talk to me. Who's talking? The Apostle Paul. He's talking to the church and the saints at Philippi, correct? And, and he's, he's writing this to born-again believers. Don't miss it. He's writing to born-again believers. He's writing to the church. And look at what he tells the church. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So what attitude did Christ Jesus have? When he says attitude, he's not saying it in the same sense that we say attitude. Well, you know, she had an attitude. That's not what he's saying. Watch, watch this. Look at the next verse. Attitude here is a positive thing. Watch this. It says what? Though he was God. Who was God? Jesus. Okay? We talk about the triune Godhead. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or something to hold on to. Okay? Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, guys, took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He humbled himself in obedience to God. He, uh, now, it, we just find out previously that he was equal with God. But the text says he humbled himself. Watch this. Can we read again? He, he did what? He, he, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus gave up the privileges of deity to humble themselves and submit to the will of the Father, even though he was equal with the Father. Now think about it just for a second. Husband, wife, you all, as human beings, you all are equal. Right? You both are human. The Bible says male and female made he them. So God made Adam and Eve, right? Eve was in Adam and God pulled her out of Adam. Can I get a witness up in here? So, but husband and wife, you guys are equal. 
when it comes to a human natural standpoint. Yet, God says, even though you're equal, wives, you submit. Just like Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, okay? So you submit to that husband. Can, are are y'all, you're equal yet, Sherry, you submit. Are you following? See, your submission has nothing to do with your equality. It has everything to do with, amen, your accountability and your line of authority. Let's keep, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving, okay? Watch this now. Because Jesus, don't forget, he said he was equal with God. Yet, he gave up the privileges of deity to come down here in the form of a human to go to the cross of Calvary to die for you and I. Wow. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Verse number nine says, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all of the names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and, on, and, and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, okay? So, so all members of the Trinity are equally God, yet there's a line of authority, okay? Now watch this, let's, let's look at the next one. The son willingly submitted himself to the authority of the father. We saw that here in the text. But let's, let, let's, let's go to a few more scriptures to further confirm that. Go to John, the 10th chapter, verse number 18. John, chapter 10, verse number 18. All I'm doing now, guys, is showing you scripturally what I want you to, to, to process and internalize, amen, from a spiritual standpoint. Because uh, if we don't understand this, then what will happen is your pride will rise up and you'll start saying something. That preacher just like a man just like I am. He's no better. And you're right. I am human and I'm no better than you are. But when I read Hebrews, it says obey your spiritual leaders. Okay? All right. But if you don't understand that, you have a hard time doing that because you just... Your, your pride will jump up and get in the way, okay? John 10, verse number 18. Let's read it right quick. It says, uh, no one can take my life from me. Who's talking here? Jesus. He says, I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority. Watch this now. He said, I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father, watch this, this is what my father has commanded. Now, Jesus was equal with God, yet in humility, he gave up the privileges of deity to be born in human flesh to submit to the will of the father to go to the cross of Calvary. He says, I, I, I can lay it down. I can pick it back up again. But, but, but what he says at the end, of what he says, this is what my father has commanded. He was willing to do what the father had commanded him to do. Go to Luke 22 and 42. Come on, let's go. We're going to move. Is everybody still with me? All I want to do is set the groundwork. I want you to get your mind right. So because in order to, to really understand this, in order to, to, to expose yourself and make yourself available for accountability, you must understand spiritual authority. And the reason why most people don't make themselves available to accountability is because they don't understand spiritual authority. Jesus was our perfect example of how we should 
walk in, in under spiritual authority and have accountability in our lives. Look at 22 and verse number 42 with me right quick. It says, what? Now, start at verse 41. This is Jesus when he's praying in the Mount of Olives, okay? The text says, what? He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. If there's any other way to do this, let's do it another way. But I'm equal with you, but now I'm under you because I'm in human forms. I, I left the privilege of the deity to come down the cross, and I know that that down on the cross is going to bring separation. And I've never been separated from you before. And I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, that, the, the human side of that didn't want that separation. And, and no, no, if, if you're in the presence of the Holy God, you don't want to be separated. All right, go to the next one. Hebrews 5, 2 and 9. Hebrews 5, 2 through 9. Hurry, hurry. Talking about spiritual authority and accountability. In the church, this has gone away. People will do stuff, say stuff as if there's no consequences and, and, and just, you know, in their homes and on the job and in the grocery store and at the football game, at the basketball game. And Robert can tell you, some, some of you Christians up there in the stand rooting for your child, cussing the referee out. Now, see, somebody needs to be able to hold you accountable. You know, you, we have to represent better. Okay, and again, as I'm saying this, guys, I'm, I just know human nature. I'm not talking about anybody individually in here, but but I know I know human nature, and I know that EBC members, you guys are, 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 are a great team. You you follow leadership, but but then I know that some stuff can be going on too. All right, that that's preventing you from being the, the person that God wants you to be. Okay, look at Hebrews five, verse number two it says what, well, and He is able to deal what gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer, that's why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. Talking about the high priest, uh, the earthly high priest. And, and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, you are my son, today I'll become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, watch this. Watch this now, guys. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now watch this now. He learned what? Obedience from the things he suffered. Now let's fast forward and think about our own lives. How many of y'all will be willing to attest to the fact that some of your greatest learning came, amen, through some of your hardest suffering? How many of y'all be willing to admit to me that some of your greatest learning and some of the greatest wisdom that's ever been poured in your life came through a hard time? 
I tell you before, I've learned much more during times of turmoil and suffering than I have in good times. Now, again, I learned in good times, but it seemed like when you're going through something, your focus is so much more intense. Your prayer life is so much more fervent when you're going through. The text says he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Okay? He went to the cross of Calvary, guys. He, he, he said, Father, if there's any other way to do this, let's go, let's, let's, let's get another plan. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If, if this is the way that you ordain for it to happen, if this is the way that you choose for, 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 to redeem mankind, then I'm on board. But I'm just, I'm just checking. If there's any other way, let's do it. But not my will, but your will be done. That's obedience, obedience. Everybody say obedience. Glory, obedience, obedience. Look at verse number nine. It says, in this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him, okay? So the son willingly submitted himself to the authority of the father. Look at the next. The spirit submits himself to the authority of the son. Go to John 14. John 14, 16 and 17. Are y'all still with me? All right. Now this lesson, guys, it's a lesson to speak to our hearts to get us to transform our minds. This lesson is not so much about how, how to get debt free. It's not how to get your husband right, get your wife right. How many of y'all, see a lot of people like those messages about, tell me how to get my husband straight and how to get my wife straight. How to get my children straight, how, how to get some more money. And, and how, to, how, to, how to pray my boss out the way when really the boss ain't the problem. You the problem and God got you up under the boss to get to deal with your problem. Hello somebody. Uh, you're trying to move, and God said, no, nah, I can't move you yet because you hadn't learned what I need you to learn. You're going to learn obedience through the thing that you suffer. That's why you still suffer because you hadn't learned obedience. Hello, right where you are, you're still uh, suffering because you hadn't learned obedience. So God got to let you settle a little while, okay? So just chill out, be cool. Just do, do, do what you're told to do, okay? When you learn obedience, he'll, he'll, let, he'll let you go, okay? Watch this, watch this. And the text says here, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He'll give you an advocate. He's going to give someone who's going who's to advocate on our behalf. Aren't y'all glad for that? Okay. Uh, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who does what? Who leads into all truth, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Now let's look at that again. He says, and I uh, look at verse, go back, back up to verse 15. He says, if you love me, watch this, obey my commandments. Can we read that out loud? It says, what? Who's talking? Jesus says, what? If you love me, Obey my commandments. So if I, if I say I love him, but I don't obey his commandments, then really something is wrong with my love. Love is an action word. And when people tell you that they love you, it's got to be more than just saying it. Oh, girl, you know I love you. Oh, honey, I love you. Do you really? How is that love manifested? God so loved 
the world, he did what? He gave something. Gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Love should be personified. Love should be manifested in some tangible action that you can see. Don't tell God you love him, but don't do what he says for you to do. If you love me, he says what? Obey my commandments. He says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, as Jesus is talking here at this point in time, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit into the earth realm on the day of Pentecost had not occurred. But they had a, they had, they had a, a, a semblance of the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have the fullness thereof. The fullness came on the day of Pentecost. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not obeying God. Because he just said, watch verse 15. Back up right quick. There are people who are asking for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but it's not coming because they're not walking in obedience. You're trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost and still doing everything you want to do. And just because you speak in tongues don't mean that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. There's some tongue talkers who are some of the worst people in the world. It's more than tongues, baby. To be filled means to be controlled. If your life is not being controlled by the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're not filled with him. If you love me, obey my commandments and what? I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Okay? Y'all got that? All right. So let's keep moving. So the Spirit, the Son willingly submit himself to the authority of the Father. The Spirit submits himself to the authority of the Son. John 16. Go there right quick. Hurry, hurry. John 16. Just want to walk through these tonight, okay? John 16, verse number five. It says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is at, and not one of you is asking where I'm where I'm where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. Uh, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because I, if I don't, the advocate, uh, the comforter, won't come. If if I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. This is Jesus talking. But notice what it says. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the rule of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father's mind that is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The Spirit will tell you whatever he receives. What? The Spirit will tell you what? Whatever he receives from me. The Spirit of God will not be telling you something that's not from the Son of God and God the Father. I don't care who says they got a word of prophecy from the Holy Ghost for you. If it does not line up with scripture, it's not from the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? So quit running around looking for a word from some prophet or someone who claims to be a prophet or apostle. Get into the book and read. 
I'm not against the prophetic. I believe in the prophetic word and the prophetic movement, but there's some stuff that ain't the Holy Spirit ain't got to do with. And if it doesn't line up with the scripture, it cannot be from the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? It cannot be from the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. So let's go to the next point. The father holds the son accountable for our sins. Second Corinthians 5 and 21. Watch this now. Second Corinthians 5 and 21. Let's go there right quick. Second Corinthians 5 and 21. Hallelujah. For God hath made God, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. How are we made right with God? Now, guys, let's be honest. How many of us, like including myself, thought that? my right standing with God was based on how good I live life. How many of y'all believe that, 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 that you, God was not going to have anything to do with you because you messed up royally uh, or God was going to have everything to do with you because you did so much good this week? See, my, my, my ability to have relationship with God is not predicated on how good I am or how bad I am or my ability not to uh, to, to get in his presence not based on how bad I am my ability to get before God is based on me surrendering to the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death on Calvary's hill and believe in his death burial resurrection so now that I believe in that and embrace that I have access to the father and it's not based on how good I am now guys trust me as I'm we're talking about accountability and spiritual authority we ought to live right but our living right it's not what gets us in the presence of God. It's what Jesus did that gets us in his presence. So now I, I don't go around thinking that, that I got greater access because I'm better than you are, because none of us are better than anybody else. But, but maybe, maybe I'm, I, I ain't missed one day of church the whole year. You missed 1,500. Ain't that many days in the year, but you don't, you don't understand. So now you begin to think because I'm here that I got greater access. Guys, let me tell you something. Just because you come to church don't mean that you're really growing and, and, and developing as a Christian. So what I'm trying to say is don't depend on your ability and your goodness to get you into the presence of God. It's based on what Jesus did, okay? All right, so the Father holds the Son accountable for our sins. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be, sin, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Let's skip down, okay? Yeah, I'm not going to go to the other Verses, but y'all read those other ones when you get home. Go to the authority and accountability in the church. Next, next, next outline. Believers are mutually responsible to one another. Look, let's, let's see it in the text. Go to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians, the second chapter, verse three and four. So believers are mutually responsible to one another. We're mutually responsible to one another. This is important for us to realize and understand because now. And you hear people say this, and I, I hear this terminology thrown around, don't judge me. How many of y'all heard that? Don't judge me. Well, how many of y'all realize, and y'all know, that the Bible, and, and they go back to when Jesus says judge not, but you don't read the rest of the story. See, what he says is, in order for you to judge, what is, well, let me ask you a question. What does it mean to judge? Huh? Okay. Deciding or declaring something to be right or declaring something to be wrong. See, most people, when they use the term judge, they mean 
Don't judge me as if you, you saying I'm going to hell or I'm going to heaven based on what I did. That ain't my place and none of our place. Because only God knows your heart and whether or not you really submitted to him. But we do, as a body of believers, have a responsibility to declare something right or wrong based on what the word of God says. Are y'all tracking with me? What Jesus was saying was, he says, before you, you know, before you go and, 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 and deal with that person and tell them what's wrong with him, he says, get that big old plank out of your eye before you try to deal with the beam in the other person's eye. Basically what he's saying is do some self-examination before you go looking at somebody else's life all the time. But we do have a responsibility to decide based on what the word of God says, is that right or is that wrong? So when people say don't judge me, what they're saying is, is let me keep doing what I'm doing and so don't, don't judge me because I, I got drunk uh, at, at, the, at the family reunion or I got drunk at the class reunion I got drunk at, drunk at the wedding reception and I'm just, you know, don't judge me. I got news for you. I'm going to declare it right and I'm going to declare it wrong. The Bible says be not drunk with wine wearing this excess. You were drunk with wine. You were wrong. And you're a member of this church. And if you're a member of this church, we have a responsibility, a mutual responsibility to each other. But, 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 but until you understand authority, you'll start saying stuff like that. Don't judge me. No, we're going to judge what you did. We're going to declare it right or wrong based on what the word of God says. The word of God is doing. We're not judging. We just declare what the word of God says. Okay? Now watch, watch this. Look at what the text says. Philippians 2, and let's go to verse, um, verse 3. Are y'all there? Let's read. It says what? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. This is humility. Watch, watch this. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too, or in others also. Then it goes on to say you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So let's read that one more time. Don't be selfish, okay? How many of y'all have been selfish before? Come on. All of us got some selfishness in us, right? What does it mean to be selfish? Huh? You want things the way you, it's, it's self first. Selfish means that it's, it's about me first. Okay? So he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. How many of y'all have tried to impress others? How many of y'all got some stuff, driving some stuff, living some stuff because you tried to impress others? You brought the car to impress somebody else. And you're the one toting the note. And it's hurting you now. When you first got it, you smile real good. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, new car, new car smell. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. But then after a while, that, that wears off. And you get used to it. And then when, when, especially if you bought it to impress somebody and stretch your budget to do it, then it doesn't feel so good. And you don't feel as happy now two years into the deal. Two years into your six-year car note. Or seven-year car note. Because you're trying. Texas, don't be selfish. Don't, if you want to buy it, that's cool, but don't buy it to impress others. Because when they look at it and they see you in the first time, oh, that's good, that's nice, baby, then they're they going about the business. But you still got to know. It's still hurting. Y'all still can't go, go to Six Flags because you got to know. 
Y'all still can't get them baby back ribs in the, in, in the steak because you got to know. Hello? But you look good. Just you can't do nothing. You, you, you tight. You tight than Dick's Hackman. You can't do nothing because you were trying to impress others. Guys, if, I, if you don't learn anything else tonight, please let the Lord deliver you from trying to impress other people. I mean, it's the most liberating thing in the world because you're not going around worrying what they think about me, on what they're saying, how, how they see people talking about me. Yeah, listen, I, if you talk about me, keep going, keep talking. You know what? I, I'm, I'm living. I, I ain't, I ain't, as they said, uh, 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 um, uh, Marera's uh, first cousin, Bobby Rush, has a song, I ain't studying that. You know what? I ain't studying that. People are going to talk if you do good. They're going to talk if you do bad. So why don't you just go with Jesus and do what God has told you to do and don't worry about what people are saying? Boy, that's liber- I'm telling you that's liberating. I'm not trying to be like any other pastor. I'm trying to be like who God made me to be. Okay? So don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. But watch what he says. He's talking to the church. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Is that what he says? Thinking of others as better than yourself. Verse 4 says what? Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Okay? So, uh, believers are mutually responsible to one another. So, we have, we have a responsibility based on what the scripture says to do that. Go to Matthew 18 right quick. Matthew 18. Come on, let's go. Matthew 18. Are y'all still with me? Laying the ground, laying the foundation, Okay? Matthew 18, in, in, in verse number 15. Let's go here. You guys are, uh, you, you're familiar with this, right? Watch, watch this. Now, listen, here, here's where I really need you to be biblical. Here's where I really need the church to grow up and mature. There are people in, in this church that, that, that are so immature in their walk that they, they won't do this. And some of y'all out here won't do this and, and it causes confusion because you won't do what this word says. Okay? Watch what the text says. Now, who's talking? So now, if, if you believe the Bible is God's word, you believe that Jesus is God's son manifested in the flesh, died on the cross for our sins, and he gives you a directive, would you consider yourself to be out of the will of God if you don't do that? I would. Okay? But now watch what he says. If a because we are mutually, mutually responsible uh, to one another. He says, if another believer sins against you, watch what he says. What, what, what are you supposed to do? Go privately and point out the fence. Do, do not get on Facebook and social media and throw out at people and do everything but call their name. I hope we ain't got no members of here that do that. I mean, I don't follow any of y'all close enough to know that you do or not, but, you know, some people do that kind of stuff. If another believer sins against you, go how? Privately and point out the offense. You'd be amazed at the number of believers who are too chicken to do this. Yes, I use that old term, chicken. Afraid of confrontation. When, that's what the Bible says. It says, and point, out, and point out the fence. If the other person listens and confesses it, you warn that person back. 
Sometimes people don't even know that they've offended you. They don't know that they hurt your feelings. Because you're a little tender. Some of y'all are a little tender. You know, some of y'all just, any little thing to just throw you, on, throw you out on the other side. If you're going to grow and mature, if you're going to have any type of kingdom impact, you're going to have to learn how to get over being so tender. Paul, you think Paul, Paul had to be a little thick skin? You think Peter had to be a little thick skin? Now, again, I'm not saying, thank God for your gentle nature and your personality. Keep that. But you can be spiritually bold by letting the Holy Spirit fill you and you do what this word says do. If another believer sins against you, go private and point the fence. If the other person listens and confesses it, you warn that person back. Look at the next verse. Come on, y'all. Hurry. This is what? But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Take two or three more spiritual brothers or sisters with you and go to the brother or sister and say, listen, I, 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 just, I, I, just want, I just want to make sure that, that you understand it's not just me. I got two, two credible brothers and sisters here who are spiritually mature, who know how to judge matters based on the word of God, and I brought them with me to share with you the offense that I'm coming to you about. Okay? I came to you earlier and, and, and you didn't receive what I said, so I wanted you to hear from somebody besides me. Because sometimes... Yo, know, how many of y'all have ever, 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 ever experienced this? You can say something to even your spouse and they don't hear it, but when somebody else says it, it's like it's gold. It's like it's words of gold written on a tablet. And you could have said the same thing, but then T.D. Jake said it, and you're like, ooh. Make all them ugly faces. Woo! That was a word. That was a, and your husband told you that two months ago. Very same thing. Beth Moore said it. Now you jumping up and isn't it amazing how we do that? Watch this. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back here. This is Bible. So so if we're not doing this stuff, then is it any wonder why we're not representing Christ well? I gotta finish, y'all. Look at the next verse. If the person still, what, refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> you're not corrupt, though, but you're a tax, you are a tax collector. All right. Tax collectors are people, too, so we got to love them, too. I mess with Tony all the time. I mean, you know, she got a job to do. I don't, I don't begrudge her in her job. She do, do it well, sister. All right. Then if, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, now again, this means that the church, and we're not talking about the whole church, we're talking about the, the, the ecclesiastical leadership of the church. So if there's an issue that gets to this level where you went to the person and they didn't receive it, they didn't hear it, then you brought two or three other spiritual people with you and they still refuse and they still indulging or whatever or in offensive behavior then you bring it to the church the church makes a decision okay all right if the person still refuses to listen take it to the church then if he or she won't accept the church's decision then disfellowshipping has to take place 
Now, we don't do this nearly as much as we probably should in the church, but I will submit to you that if we start doing this more, then people will start respecting the order of the house more. Okay? But you got you to start out by you personally going to them privately. Don't, don't tell everybody. Don't, don't put it out there on social media. Don't throw out, amen, uh, whenever you're preaching a lesson or teaching, you want to throw out at somebody. You know, people do that kind of stuff. You don't listen to me. So whenever you have time to share, was it Sunday school lesson or inspirational message or preaching, don't, do, by God, don't you dare waste it shooting it at one person. Okay? I tell y'all before and I'll say it again, and some of y'all don't believe me because sometimes the Holy Spirit be dealing with your mail. You think I'm dealing with your mail because I know your mail. I mean, M-A-I-L mail, not M-A-L-E mail. <laughs> I know your mail too. You understand what I'm saying? But, but, but guys, People who love you will speak truth to you and, and deliver me from people who are going who gonna to smile in my face and all the time trying to stab me in the back. I, you know, that, that's, tell me the truth. If, if I offended you, come and tell me. And chances are, I, I, I probably won't even know that I offended you, but if, if I did, because I, I don't think that I'd talk in such a way to try to offend people. Now, when I'm preaching, somebody may get offended. Because I, I, you know, I just, I, I like to go hard when I preach. I'm going to just share the word. I mean, I, I can't cut it back. But I try not to be offensive. If I say something in an offensive manner, y'all, please forgive me. All right? But I'm trying to help us. Um, number two says, believers are to obey church leadership. We already looked at that. Uh, deacons and officers are accountable to the pastor. Uh, we, we can see that. Go to Acts 6 right quick. See, in a lot of churches, they want the pastor to be under the authority of the deacons. And that was never biblical. Look at Acts 6 right quick. A lot of churches suffer because how are you going to have somebody leading you, but you telling the leader what to do? That's not leadership. If you, that just means I'm an employee. If, come on now, if I'm going to lead, and, and, and true leaders aren't dogmatic. There, there are some guys who are dogmatic, who are, who are very spiritually abusive. And that's just as bad as, as the other way. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of cats like that, and, and they, it's a certain type of people will follow that kind of leader. But, but ultimately, you don't have to lead that way. As a matter of fact, I don't believe that's true God of leadership. All right, watch this, y'all. My time is about up. We finished this section. We're going we're gonna to get through, okay? Deacons and officers are accountable to the pastor. The text says this, right, watch. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Watch this. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. You know, discrimination ain't nothing new. So the 12 called a meeting of all, the 12, the spiritual leaders, called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running the food program. And so brothers, now they are pointing them and say, brothers, you select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, we will give them this responsibility. 
You pick them out, we're going to appoint them. All right? Y'all, you got that? Look at it again. We will give them this responsibility. KJV says, whom we can appoint over this business. And a lot of people read that from the KJV when it says, who we will appoint over this business. And they said, Pastor, you have no say-so in the business of the church. You come preach, get your check, and go home. That's not a pastor. That's a hireling. Go, go to the KJV on this. Uh, go, go to the KJV on this. Uh, watch this. Watch this. And, and, and I hope y'all are hearing what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not trying to um, do anything but drive home the point that that we have we are mutually accountable to one another. Okay, so watch what the text says in verse three. Says, "Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business." Contextually, what was the business? Come on, what was the business? Food distribution. So, Dick, when it's time to. You know, Deacon Charles and others, I, I, I thank God for you guys. You guys are, 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 uh, are service personified, Robert. You guys will work with the pastor, Leroy, y'all do. Y'all are service personified. I think I, I got pastor friends uh, and pastors who I know would kill to have deacons like y'all. Because they fight, they fighting with theirs. I mean, but that's not, it, it was never designed to be a, a struggle, a power struggle. There is order, there's spiritual authority and accountability in the body of Christ. Watch it says, wherefore, brother, look out among you, seven men of honest, broke, full of Holy Ghost, and full of wisdom. You got to have qualification to be in the office. You got to have qualification to be over the food distribution. That's what they were dealing with. But we would give ourselves continually to the prayer and the, the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost. They go on and names all them. Uh, it said, whom they set before the apostles in verse number six. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Okay, so deacons and officers are accountable to the pastor. But watch this. See, the pastor ain't, 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 ain't shooting solo. It says, the pastor is accountable to God and church leadership. I'm accountable to you guys. I can't just do whatever I want to do. I don't want that. I mean, I'm accountable to God. The, the t look in Ephesians 4 and 11 right quick. Hurry, hurry. Ephesians 4 and 11. Just do it because I say so. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the pastor. Pastor, that don't make sense. If, if I say something that, that you don't understand, it's it, it, it like you throw it off and say, Pastor, you may not say throw it off and say, Pastor, kind of give me some more wisdom on why you made that decision. I'll be happy to explain it to you. I really will. I don't, I don't get offended by questions. Okay? Because it ain't all about me. All right? Watch this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Right? These are gifts that he gave. Now, watch why he gave them to him. He says what? He gave them to the church. Their responsibility, what's, the, what's their responsibility? Is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I, as a pastor, teacher, have the responsibility to equip you to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Okay? But I have a responsibility. I, I, I'm responsible. Uh, God holds me accountable for how I do that. 
Okay. Uh, but I'm also responsible. I have to. Yeah, I'm, I have. I, I'm accountable to church leadership. I'm a, even though I'm over these guys, I'm accountable to these guys and ladies. Okay, y'all with me? All right. So last one, number five. The congregation is accountable for pastoral care. Now watch this, Galatians six and six, uh, and the congregation is accountable for pastoral care. And guys, you got. I, I said it before, and I said it again. Ever since I left the bank 15, over 15 years ago, gosh, it's been 15 years since I've been here full time in ministry. Uh, the church has been gracious uh, in, in, in providing appropriate pastoral care. OK, you, you guys have done a bang up job, but there, there are a lot of ministries that don't do this well. Um, and, and some some of it because it's a lack of wisdom and understanding about the process, because uh what we understand from scripture, you're going to see it right quick. It says those who are taught the word of God should do what? Should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. All right. So those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Look with me at Philippians 4 and 14. Come on. Philippians 4 and 14. We're getting out of here. Philippians 4, 14 through 19. Watch this. He says this. Um, Notwithstanding you have, you have well done uh, that you did communicate with my affliction. This is Paul talking. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, I'm, I'm in the KJV, he says, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I'm full. I've received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell of sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul says, you guys sent to my necessity. In other words, when Paul was doing ministry, you know, there, there are some places where he was going, he was working with his hands, tent making, but he also received support from the church so he could freely preach the gospel. And it is right, go to 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 9th chapter, verse number 1, it is right and appropriate for the congregation to be accountable for pastoral care. Uh, some churches ought to be shaming themselves with the level that they compensate pastor. Now, you know, I believe that even the pastoral position, you know, there, you have to be careful about what image you send uh, out. But but a man of God who's ruling well, the Bible said he's worthy of double honor. So you compensate that man of God well. Again, I'm not saying this to you guys because you guys do that. But somebody's going to hear this on the radio, some deacon who's in charge of the finance committee. Pay the man. Watch what Paul says here. Again, I'm not telling you, guys, you, you all know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you. This, this, this is for somebody who may be here and, and who, who, who's new to this. You guys are accountable for pastoral care. You do a great job with it. That's why the Lord keeps blessing the church. The Lord keeps blessing the church because I believe we're doing it the right way. We're not being foolish. We believe in quality stuff. We don't, you know, we don't believe in buying stuff uh, that's going to tear up and you got to buy 1,500 of them when you could have bought one good one 
it lasts for five years, but you bought that cheap thing and it tore up, you know, two weeks later, and now you gotta go buy another one. You know, and some of the stuff that we have costs money, but God has graced us to be able to do that. And and we're, we're being good stewards, I believe, over the resources that God has brought into this house. And we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it that way. Amen. We're not gonna be on the radio begging for money. And we're not going to be up here trying to raise a special offer so we can pay the electric bill. Do y'all not realize that the, the utility bill last month on this building alone was over $1,000? Just on this building right here. We got three buildings. We get three bills. 1000 here, 500 there, 500 over there. That's a lot of money for light, but it's, it's best to be cool than hot. Can I get a witness up in here? But because you so generously, we pay the man. We pay A.E. Sweep, A.E. Sweep, A.E.P. Swepco, the bill. Lou used to work there. We helped pay Lou's salary when she was working there in a retirement. But that's cool. Hey, we using their electricity. We got to pay for it. But because you're generous, hey, you do a great job. I, I, listen, I brag on you guys. I make my boast in the Lord about you all. Now don't 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 fool me now and start turning on me, okay? I don't think that you're aware, but watch what the text says. Am I not an apostle? See, some in, in Corinth was, was challenging Paul's apostleship and his right to have authority over them. He says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? You guys are saved because of my work. Look at verse number two. If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are you and the Lord. If, I, if nobody else thinks that I'm genuine, you all too, because you got saved through my ministry. If nobody else all think I'm a good pastor, I'll be warning you because I helped save your marriage. Your wife wanted to cut you. <laughs> but a little counseling kept her from doing it. Just joking, just joking. Sir. Maybe y'all did want to cut me. Maybe that word that they got on Sunday haven't put that blade back up. Amen? <laughs> but no, seriously, guys, there have been people who, who and let me say this right, there have been people who, who you've stretched, we stretched for and did, seem like did the most for, and those are the ones who turn around and talk about you like a dog. But it comes with the territory. It, 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 you, you got to learn that. You got, you got to learn that when you're doing it right for Christ, sometimes you're going to be misunderstood. Sometimes people are going to get upset with you. But you make sure you're doing it according to God's word and doing do it with the right attitude. I, I can say, I think, without, without any hesitation, that I did my very best to try to make sure I minister to you guys in, in, in the most plain, understandable way possible. Okay? So, so I, I have a clear conscience about that. So, but people still get upset, get mad. But that that comes with the territory. Okay? No sweat off my back. I'm going to keep doing if, the, if they got upset with Jesus, guys, come on now. <laughs> what about, why am I crying? Huh? My answer to them that do examine me is this. Paul said, y'all checking me out tomorrow. I ain't real. I'm fake. I'm doing it for the money. My, 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 my answer to them is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? In other words, don't, don't I have the authority, the right to, 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 to go to the grocery store and buy food too? Huh? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as the other apostles? Now, now Paul was 
many many believe that he was widowed. Some believe that he maybe never been married. Some believe his wife may have left him when he we, we changed from Judaism and persecuted the church to, to now running for the Lord. But either way, we know he did not have a wife at this time. He says, have we not power to lead about a sister and wife as well as the other apostles? And as the brother of the Lord and Cephas, Cephas is Peter, Peter's wife, well, you know, he ministered to her. Only I and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. Uh, we don't want to gotta, uh, keep working and preaching. Uh, out of all these apostles, we don't want ones that got to keep making tents rather than, than preach. He says, who goeth to warfare any time in his own charges? Who planted the vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk thereof? Watch this. Say I these things as a man, or say not the law the same also. Watch this. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not mother the mouth of the ox that tread out the corn. Does God take care for oxen? Yes, he does. Or say that he altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. And that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. How in the world would you feel if you planted, I mean, 15 acres of corn, but you can't eat none of the corn that you uh, planted? How would you go out there and why would you go out there and work an ox, having plowed the field, but don't feed it? That's bad, isn't it? So Paul is saying that just like a, a soldier wouldn't go to warfare and have to pay his own way, by his own gun, by his own uniform, same way it is with the apostle. As he's doing the work of ministry, he has a right to receive from those who he ministers to. So the, 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 the congregation is accountable for pastoral care. And you guys do a, a bang up job with that. OK. All right. So our time is up, guys. We'll, we'll pick up uh, next week. We're going to go 